Welcome to episode 224 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Sunday, 11th of August, 2019. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the Spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and today we have a fascinating roundtable discussion of an issue that could have potential damaging ramifications for cycling clubs in the UK and the cafes and rest stops they may wish to visit. However, the virtual roundtable went a bit wonky and had to be propped up with little bits of pretend cardboard. Let me explain. To record these podcasts, I use a Skype-like service called Zencaster, which usually works great. But yesterday, while recording three guests in different parts of the UK, who I'll introduce in a second, Zencaster had some resilience issues. I've been able to salvage most of the audio, but you get to hear me dealing with a tech meltdown. Barrister Martin Porter was supposed to be on the show, but Zencaster didn't like his mic. After some valiant attempts using different PCs, the always eloquent Martin was sadly forced to drop out of the call. But I asked him to send over some comments via Twitter DMs, which he did, and I read them out live to my other guests. These were Cycling UK's campaign's head Duncan Dollimore and Lee Martin of the VeloLife Cafe. This cafe, in a Berkshire hamlet, is famous at the moment because a draft injunction has been served preventing cyclists congregating outside. This is an absurd situation, and the absurdity carried through to the recording, because Lee couldn't hear Duncan and Duncan couldn't hear Lee. However, I could hear them both, so I relayed messages between the two while I was recording. It worked. Bizarre, but it worked. When the Gremlins started sabotaging the show, I could have called the whole thing off, but I persevered because, as you'll hear towards the end of the show... This isn't just something that affects Lee and his business, bad though that is. It could potentially prevent cyclists from congregating in groups in public places across the UK. That would be a restriction of historic proportions, and that's why I asked Duncan to start us off with a 19th century anecdote. On today's show, we're discussing a bicyclist's ban at the VeloLife Cafe near Henley-on-Thames in Berkshire and examining whether local authorities and perhaps even the courts have the right to ban cyclists from congregating before or after group rides. Now, joining me on the show uh, will be VeloLife owner Lee Martin. And maybe if the technology works, because we've been having mic problems, but if he, if he, we, we are able to get him on, maybe even just by uh, text messages, because he could hear us, but we couldn't hear him. And that will be bicycling barrister Martin uh, Porter QC. Uh, but before I, I attempt to bring Martin in, and before I speak to Martin, I'd like to uh, uh, talk about the 1890s with Duncan 
Dolly Moore, who is head of campaigns at Cycling UK. So, Duncan, I'd like you to tell us what happened at the Hortboy pub in Ockham, Surrey in 1899 and why that may have at least a passing resemblance to the Vela Life situation of today. Well, back in the 1890s, uh, people seemed to get themselves unusually concerned about what women wore when they went cycling. Um, many women didn't want to wear clothes that restricted their movement. They didn't want to wear uh, long skirts, which made it difficult to ride. So uh, the, the phrase rational dress was rather coined to describe outfits that were the, uh, the favoured outfits of the day, which were knickerbocker suits. And Lady Harberton was right, was wearing such a suit when she arrived at the Hortboy Hotel in 1899. Her plan was to stop for refreshments and luncheon in the hotel. That's in Ockham in Surrey. But the proprietor refused her service, such was his indignation about what she was wearing. Um, we weren't Cycling UK as such at that stage. Cycling UK were known as the Cyclist Touring Club and CTC were involved in the legal challenge of that decision. It was a challenge which unfortunately failed, but it, it was part of the process of starting to challenge some decisions that were made and challenging efforts to make cycling more difficult for people, which we're, we're still dealing with today. So although it was a, a loss of a case, I'm not sure it was a, an entire defeat. And it's really strange that 120 years on, uh, when we look at Velo life, although the facts are different, there's still somebody who wants it made to make it difficult for another person on a bike to stop off at an establishment and enjoy tea and cake. It's a bit of a future from the past moment when we look at it. And it's, it's a little sad that we're still having the same arguments and petty mindedness now in 2019 that Lady, Lady Harberton experienced back in 1899. Yes, because it's discrimination. So back in the 1890s, it was discrimination against women and not, not in cycling in general. But this case where we're discussing today is discrimination against cyclists of any creed, colour, sex, whatever. Um, so at, at that point, I'd like to bring in uh, uh, Lee and just ask you, could you could you tell us what's been happening? But start in 2016, right from when you actually started the business. Hi guys. Um, so in 2016, um, I took over the premises, which was previously a pub, um, and is still obviously a, a pub in its um, entirety as a building. Um, and we proceeded to open a cafe. We were under the understanding, possibly in my naivety at the time, that we could um, downgrade the license from a pub to a cafe. And it was highlighted to us by the council reasonably after that, that that was not the case. Um, so I took some planning advice and they said that we should um, apply for a certificate of lawfulness, which we did, and that was denied. Um, the council then issued an enforcement notice for us to cease um, using the premises as a cafe, a bicycle workshop for retail and for cycle meeting place. We then appealed the decision and um, the inspectorate came back um, in late 2018, giving use for us as a bicycle cafe, as a bicycle workshop, not retail, and then potentially the tricky part. She said that she deemed um, a cycle meeting place to be too wide in its meaning and that it could encompass a range of purposes, 
um, where she thought the allegation was intended to target the use of the land as a place where cyclists meet prior to departing on an organized ride and event. Um, she then said she would like to substitute meeting place for cyclists meet and gave a little note on that that said a cyclist meet is distinguishable from youth as a cafe where visiting cyclists might be at the premises for the primary purpose of taking refreshments. We thought that was good and we would have to stop doing our Velo Life um, club ride from the premises, which we moved down the road and continued to trade, allowing cyclists um, from club rides to come around and take refreshments. And the situation, so this, this obviously blew up on, on Twitter and uh, an awful lot of people have, have been talking about it. Chris Boardman's, you know, weighed in. Uh, all sorts of people have, have weighed in on this because clearly it is it is a bonkers situation. Uh, can, can you describe? Can you actually describe where you are, as in the locale? Are you in like you're like in, in in rural area? You're in a pretty quiet place. So is it the fact that you haven't got that many houses around you? So the complainant must be known to you and must be you know in that hamlet. Uh, absolutely, there's not not a lot of houses down Warren Road. It's um, quite a reason. It's a reasonably quiet road. It's quite an important road because it connects um, what we call the flats, which go out towards Windsor and Maidenhead, and the Chil- Chilterns, which start just other side of Henley. Um, so, if you look at some Strava data um, on their heat maps from before, it was a very well used cycling route. Um, it's the closest bit of tar road to National um, Cycle Route Four. Um, and it's also on the council's um, cycling routes deemed as um, a quiet road, perfect for all cyclists to use. Um, we have some residents on the opposite side of us and we have some residents next door and just behind us. Um, and yes, it, it appears to be a single resident that um, has filed the complaints. Are you able to say or are you able to even intimate that this person might have contact at the council or influence at the council or is it literally one resident and that's enough to 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 bring the wrath down on you yeah. <laughs> one would like to think that a single resident can't bring the wrath down on you um however i'm certainly not aware of any connection to the council um so i can't i can't really say sometimes it appears that way but i, I can't say with any confidence that i know they do or don't so let's bring us up to date because you've then had, and this is where um, this is why I brought Martin in, and I have had a, and some text from him, by the way. So I can, even though we can't hear from Martin, we will be able to get Martin's uh, expert opinion because he has um, sent me through some messages there. But uh, you uh, put onto Twitter, you put um, this injunction document. So that's the latest situation, and Martin and a few other lawyers were saying, well, that's not actually a a physical injunction yet. It's it looks like it's not dated, it's not numbered. It must be some sort of draft injunction, but it's a pretty scary document. You look at that, and that you're basically talking about jail time for anybody uh, encouraging uh, cyclists meet. So, so 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 tell me exactly what's happening right this second in time with that that. Uh, document you've had? Uh, Yes, so absolutely correct. It's a draft injunction, um, which has not yet been obtained by the courts. Um, And as you alluded to, Carlton, if I'm honest, 
it's an incredibly scary document, um, in particular for somebody who is not, um, you know, fam- overly familiar with the law. Um, it's quite quite scary, and the document what it actually asks it pretty much prohibits me to even know about cyclists that exist in Warren Row. Um, so yes, it was issued to me. We've we've had the first court hearing regarding it, um, and the next court hearing is in November. Um, I think what's what's even more scary and, and what actually kicked this whole thing off on social media is that um, draft injunctions were also issued to some cycling clubs in the borough, um, and they were actually the ones who put that on Twitter, which started this um, sort of frenzy as such to go around. Um, I still currently sit um, with the with the draft injunction and have been told that if I don't um, if they don't see a marked improvement, then um, they will possibly seek an interim injunction or a stop order. So, Duncan, bringing bringing you back in you, in the in the Telegraph, and I'm sure in other places where this has been brought up, you, you've called this an absurd uh, catch twenty two situation. So, so have you heard of anything like this before, apart from that 1899 example? Well, I described it as a, an absurdity of catch-22 proportions because the council just don't seem to have, hadn't really thought through what their position is properly. here. On one level, they're saying that they don't want to stop cyclists visiting the cafe. But then they go on to say, but they mustn't arrange or organise any meet starts or ends or stops off there. And their definition of meet seems to include any uh, congregation of people who arrive um, at the establishment who are members or associated with a cycling club, whether they get there by any means, car, van or cycle. So what they're doing is they're creating this Kafkaesque situation whereby you can technically be in breach of the enforcement notice that's been served on a particular club because you're cycling along, joining a ride with two or three other people who've arranged by Twitter or Facebook to stop off at the establishment and you suddenly become a congregation or or part of a cyclist meet that stops off for tea and cake at the cafe. The whole thing is Kafkaesque in nature and it's as a demonstration of, of someone in the planning department, department simply not thinking this through. We haven't come across this exact situation before, or at least I haven't, of an establishment uh, putting in these rules and these these sort of very generic descriptions where they they treat people whether uh, by their particular mode of transport whether they're a cyclist a car driver a rambler but uh, it's indicative of a, of an attitude we sometimes see with local authorities on a different manner we've been involved in a, a, a number of challenges in a, one particular legal case where we've supported various appellants in Mansfield where they were challenging the making of what was known as a public space protection order or PSPO. Uh, And that's an order that lots of local authorities have used to try and prevent cyclists from entering parts of town centres. So in Mansfield, we had the ludicrous situation where the the council sought to make a a 24 hour a day public space protection order around the entirety of the town centre. That was fortunately fortunately varied by them and became a, a much more restricted arrangement based on, on an existing traffic regulation order restriction. But a number of local authorities have had that small mindedness where their, their approach to dealing with um, public life and activities in their town centres have been to try and make generic orders banning particular activities, whether it's skateboarding or cycling or anything else such as busking. 
So we do see this small mindedness from local authorities on a on a regular basis, but not an infrequent basis. Mm. Now, unfortunately, we, we're. Um... We are having technical problems here in that uh, Martin couldn't hear us. Uh, we couldn't hear him, sorry. He could hear us. Uh, and unfortunately now, uh, Lee cannot hear you, Duncan. Um, so I, I can hear everybody. So I'm, I'm like uh, omniscient here, uh, which, which is a bit weird. So I'll, 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 I'll kind of summarize that in a bit and, and, and for, for, for the, the, for for Lee's purposes, because he can't hear that. So Lee, I'll just repeat what for some of what Duncan said there. It's just it's a Kafkaesque proportions here, and it's clearly uh, absurd uh, uh, what's happening. And at this point, I will actually now go through, and I'll, I'll mention because here's the technical problems, but we, we sort of sorted this work by using text. So I'm going to actually say uh, what Martin has 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 told us. So. Uh, Lee, can you just are you can you be able to hear me now? Are you you can hear me? Okay, so you can hear me. You just can't. Unfortunately, you can't hear Duncan. So Duncan, um, I don't know what we can do there. We just I, I can hear you, but unfortunately, Lee can't. So it's the seance thing that we're having a problems with. Anyway, so I'll go. In, I'll say what um, what Martin was saying because I thought Martin would be actually would not be able to say stuff on this case because all lawyers, all barristers, always say, "Well, I can't discuss this particular case." Uh, so I'll put that caveat up there, but I will now just say what what, what Martin's uh, sent through to me. So this is from Martin. This is Martin's words, not mine. Uh, my contribution is that the Royal Borough have messed this up badly. I think we can pretty much concur on that. Anyway, uh, there is no planning use categorised as cyclists meet, and the inspector should not have ruled that a meeting requires planning permission. If you have permission as a cafe or pub or shop, etc., etc., people will necessarily meet other people. It is not a use so generous. Um, have you got any legal training there, Duncan, by any chance? Well, yes, I have some legal training and I worked in legal practice for a number of years. Uh, and Martin refers to sui generis. I'll leave Martin to, to deal with the legal technicalities. But broadly, what he's talking about is sui generis means of its own type. And um, I think the point Martin's trying to make is that there isn't a, a specific dis distinction of use for buildings known as cyclist meat. So there's various types of use that are described in planning law in relation to whether a property is being used as a restaurant or for retail. Uh, but there's nothing which actually defines a particular type of use as a cyclist meet. So anybody else that's carrying on a, a type of activity is in the course of that activity going to meet other people. So I think Martin's questioning the whole, whole use of that phrase as though it's somehow a magic term which can be closely defined. The reality is that um, we've got no idea whether meat relates to a, a, an organised event of a specific limited number and it applies if there's more than 20 or 30 or 15 or 10 people attending and it's arranged and organised in a particular official way or whether that applies, Carlton, if you or I tweet or text and say we'll meet up at the at the Vela Life tomorrow and we'll have a, a ride and then we'll call in for cake, coke, tea, whatever it is. And so the whole thing's become a little bit bizarre in its interpretation. What is, however, deeply depressing, if we leave aside some of the legal niceties of how you might define a, an unorganised event 
how you might define what is a cyclist meet, it's clear that the planning inspector was not seeking to unduly restrict uh, events at this particular that that might or, uh, uh, sorry unduly restrict activities of people who might seek to call in at this particular establishment, but the enforcement officers of the local authority have decided to take the most restrictive interpretation of that phrase cyclist meet that was possible for them to take and that's the really sad and depressing issue here and it's why we're going to have to as an organization look to um, do something about this to put it very very bluntly yeah it's crazy so lee um you're going to have to listen to this show back <laughs> so you can be able to hear uh, what Duncan was saying. But but Duncan was just telling us there, and I won't re- repeat everything what, what Duncan said, but he was just giving us uh, exactly what Sue Generous means and that the, the, the phrase is a very woolly phrase and has now been extended uh, generally, which which is not on. I'll continue anyway with uh, with what Martin was saying. So, so after Sue Generous, uh, then Martin said, however... Since this is what the inspector found and it was not challenged, there is apparently permission to operate as a cafe workshop, but not as a cyclist's meet. The inspector made clear that there was a distinction between cyclists there, primarily to use the cafe, and, in inverted commas, cyclists' meet. So it was apparently the gathering together of cyclists for group rides outside the cafe that she thought uh, she was prohibiting. The proposed injunction I have seen goes way beyond that, though, and no court would grant it. It literally means two cyclists on a ride cannot stop at the cafe. And he finishes by saying, as as Duncan was saying, absurd. Oh, no, in fact, he doesn't finish. He's carried on. Sorry. But he says it's absurd. Unfortunately, the town hall does have very little affinity for cyclists. The elected councillors may be fine, but the staff at City Hall are the only authority in the area to have held out, despite numerous requests uh, from BC, I'm assuming it means British Cycling there, against the accredited Marshall Scheme for Racing, and have been quite useless, oh, he's been very, he's been very uh, unloyally here, have been quite useless in doing anything about safe cycling routes to schools in the borough. And then he says he's now going to get a microphone. Um, uh, okay, but so we, we've got the gist of what Martin was 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 saying there. So he's he's being well. I, I, Martin is pretty good. He, he he kind of speaks his mind, doesn't he? He doesn't uh, hedge his bets at all. Uh, so Lee, coming back to you, uh, have you had legal um, help here? Have, have you also had representation saying, yeah, that haven't got a chance in hell here? What what have you had? Um, I have had some legal representation, um, and it all happened very quickly, if I'm completely honest, um, from being issued uh, the, the proposed injunction to going to court was um, a couple of weeks, not even for us. So it's all happened very quickly, um, and unfortunately, since going to court, um, our legal representation had pre-booked holiday, so is a at the moment. Um, so although, yes, I have had legal representation, um, it's been a little bit challenging over the last week to try and um, decipher my way through this without them actually being of access. Um, so yes, they haven't said um, this is absurd, um, but then I'm not sure we've quite got to that conversation as of yet. So the situation you are in right now, you've, you've taken some legal representation, you have had this this draft injunction shown to you sent to you served on you however draft injunctions work and you are then waiting for a court case to come up in november is that right 
That's correct. Um, in the meantime, um, uh, the council have told me that if um, I don't do as they've asked, then they will seek to get an interim injunction or um, a stop order. Um, so I'm in a little bit of a tricky position because if I continue to trade as I lawfully see I may, um, then they may seek to do um, to try and get a further injunction. Um, and obviously, I think what kicked us all off really is that they then served draft injunctions to the clubs, mm. which means not only have they told me I'm not allowed to, they've then gone and tried to stop my customers from coming to the cafe. Once again, it's it's rather threatening, especially for us that aren't involved in law. It's um it's quite a scary document. D- Duncan, can you hear Lee? I'm back on yes, but I, I I've been struggling to hear what Lee's saying, so I've been hearing you, but not Lee. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I can now hear Lee, but I haven't heard anything he's said since we started this. So I apologise <laughs> if I I say anything which contradicts what he's just said. So that clearly is a, an absurd situation. And of course, everybody feels uh, for Lee and for Velo Life. However, this potentially, uh, Duncan, has ramifications away from Warren Row. And this is why I'm presuming you're involved or uh, Cycling UK is involved, because this could involve, uh, if, they, if this goes through, this, this becomes sort, some sort of precedent. And this could happen to many other businesses, not just Lee's. Well, there's two wider implications. One is for clubs that have been served with notices threatening club secretaries with uh, legal proceedings, with injunctions, with proceedings that can lead to people going to prison. Um, And bear in mind, these are people who are volunteers who are organizing a local club and getting people to go on a ride on a Saturday or Sunday. So they're receiving legal, less threatening letters from the council saying, you're not allowed to stop off at this particular cafe. So it has implications for them, which discourages people from becoming involved in local community activities and organizing groups and organizing rides, because they think, why do I need to bother with this? It's, it's too much hassle. But it also has implications for other organizations, other businesses, other cafes around the country where um, they, they seek to rejuvenate um, a failing pub in a local, local village. They, they seek to encourage walkers, cyclists, horse riders, whoever it is to attend. And then suddenly they're, they're facing legal threats from the local authority. It is absolutely bizarre. If you, if, you, if you row this back, this is a pub that failed. It couldn't make a business. It couldn't, it couldn't make a profit. And somebody came in and tried to encourage other people to to attend it and there are the, the government's planning sort of framework is designed to encourage people to conduct more than one business to diversify to encourage other people to 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 be engaged in activities which is exactly what lee did with this business and we have this situation where now there are enforcement proceedings being pursued against him so duncan how, how much do you think this is is, is kind of like discriminatory against Cyclists, because motorists can can turn up at this this cafe, rev their engines, do crazy stuff. Fine, because they're motorists. It's not not a problem. But it's just aimed at cyclists. So, is that so discriminatory? It, it is. It's bound to be overturned because it is clearly well discriminatory. I think it is discriminate discriminatory. Uh, but also, I don't want to sound like the 
the guy that's constantly defending cyclists. So I'll put it another way. It's just stupid to define people by how they might travel on one particular occasion. So, you know, it, it suggests that members of a cycling club uh, shouldn't assemble there. However, they travel there, whether they travel there by van, car or on a bike. I ride a bike. I sometimes go on a train. I sometimes drive a car. So if I arrive at this cafe, am I defined by the fact that I'm a member of a cycling club? Am I a cyclist if I arrive there one day on a, on a, on a bicycle? If I'm a member of a cycling club, do I cease to be a cyclist if I arrive there the next day with, on a, in a van with my bike at the back of the car? It's just crass stupidity to define people by their mode of travel on a particular day. The reality is that you know people are people, and ramblers, horse riders, people involved in Duke of Edinburgh, cyclists, mountain bikers, people are, in, are attracted to venues that have a particular interest. Um, my partner's cousin owns a local pub a few miles from where I'm living, and he's desperately trying to get ramblers to attend his particular pub. And I've had a conversation with him about it is on the NCN route. You should try and encourage cyclists to go there. And this is a pub that wants to encourage people to get to the village where there's not much going on. And he doesn't really care whether it's the classic car club or the ramblers or the cyclists or the mountain bikers, or the horse riders that go there. He just wants some business. Uh, and this is what Lee did here. He was trying to encourage people to attend and to, divert, to, to dissect people by their mode of travel and badge them up as cyclists or walkers or horse riders is just just ridiculously naive and simplistic. Mm. Now, Lee, uh, what, tell us if you can that the actual impact on your business this is having. Uh, well, I think, you know, at the crux of this as well is that there's a community facility which has quite clearly been said in the past when an application was put in to turn it into houses that um, the inspector actually found that he, he understood that a pub was a struggle to run there. But he um, implored to the owner to say, why don't you seek another um, opportunity to have in the pub that could retain the community facility? He was actually quite clear that the, the community is quite small and therefore couldn't support um, a, a business, in particular a pub, on its own. So the impact, if we were to lose the cyclists coming through, would be that the community facility that the previous inspector envisaged should stay and should remain will be lost. The community supports as much as they can. We have regulars from the village in um, every single day of the week. However, that's not enough trade. To no fault of their own, they just simply cannot purchase that amount of coffee. Um, so in order to retain that, that um, facility, we have to encourage people to come in from elsewhere. And cyclists are perfect, seeing as they were using the road anyway. They were coming past that road on their way. Why not invite them in? Um, it seems crazy. And going back to um, what Duncan said, it's, it's just bizarrely discriminatory that you could arrive in any amount of any number at any time during our opening hours by any mode of transport you so choose, 
except by bicycle, arguably one of the greenest modes of transport around, never mind the health implications um, that it has and the reduction of you know use in the NHS and all those things that go surround cycling. But it is just so discriminatory that you can, you can simply say that a mode of transport should be excluded. Um, it's early days yet. Coming back to your, your question, sorry, Valden, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but you know, coming back, it's early days yet. Um, I can categorically say that if clubs are forced not to come past, then the business is simply not sustainable. Mm. Lee, have you, have you heard of the Barbara Streisand effect? Um, not in particular. Some explanation would be great. Okay. That's, that's the, the, the concept of when somebody uh, complains, for, this is, goes back to Barbara Streisand, I think it was a... Um, a helicopter paparazzi were above her house and she took an injunction out and to stop them. And, you know, you mustn't publicize my house in, in California, wherever it is. And what that in fact did was everybody then wanted to look at her house because, oh, what's so fantastic about your house? And so the Barbara Streisand effect is whenever anybody, you know, raises too much of a complaint, it just raises the fact that there must be something really interesting here. Um, so let's all do this. So could you potentially be the beneficiary of the Streisand effect here in that this is actually raising your profile? Cyclists locally who you know might not have done that five mile, 10 mile detour to get to you will go, well, let's all go to, to VeloLife because uh, th- that's clearly a, a, the happening place at the moment. Do you, do you, and if that happened, would you actually get blamed for it? Uh, well, it, um, if I'm honest, it was a huge concern of mine for this weekend um, because we've done nothing to encourage anything other than what we're allowed to do. And if I'm honest, there was a little bit of concern that we would be inundated with people over the weekend and that would actually cause um, uh, some more trouble for us. Um, yes, I guess there, there is definitely a part of that that could happen. I think that hinges in particular on um, the outcome of our current situation. Um, it still remains. And uh, as I have said from the beginning, it wasn't actually us that went public with it first. Um, it was a club that got served an injunction, and rightly so. Um, so, uh, yes, there could certainly be some of the Barbara Streisand effect that takes place, but certainly that won't be the case unless we can get this sorted. Okay. So, uh, Duncan, uh, what's what's the Cycling UK's next step? What, what, what What's going to happen from here? We've, we've had, like, partly the PR angle. Is there anything now that can be, for instance, be done uh, in courts, perhaps? Well, we've been contacted by six clubs since Friday afternoon who've been served with legal proceedings. So I've got to go back to them next week. Uh, So I'm I'm not going to say definitively what we're going to do, but uh, I think it's fair to say that we are going to be considering um, what legal steps there are for those particular clubs to challenge the orders, well, the, 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 the threats of action that they've received. It's all well and good, the local authority council sending some rather conflicting letters saying we don't really want to pursue proceedings against the clubs. They haven't withdrawn their their, their legal threats. Uh, and so those clubs are still on notice that that exists. Um, you mentioned the Streisand effect. And I, I, I really sympathize with Lee's position because on the one hand, um, it would be a great show of sympathy if 500 cyclists were turning up uh, to attend his cafe but he'll be thinking, um, 
is that going to lead me to being pursued in court mm. in relation to this matter? Mm. Uh, it may well be that a, a different course of action is that those 500 cyclists are descending on the council's offices. <laughs> and so those are some of the things that we're going to be after considering next week. But this is not something which should be allowed to continue. So it is it, it is a matter that we're going to be chatting about next week to come up with a plan. I, I don't think it's wise for me to say tonight exactly what that plan is going to be but it's not something we're, we're we're seeking to or planning to just let lie because this is just a ridiculous decision by a council and the, the the bizarre thing is there was an opportunity on thursday this week for the council to say we're really really sorry we got this wrong uh, we shouldn't have been threatening local clubs and cyclists with legal proceedings uh, if they attend this cafe and they actually made matters worse by by rather implying that if you attended there, you could yourself be, be somebody who was legal, liable to legal proceedings. Uh, and in those circumstances, this isn't something that we as an organisation can just ignore. OK, now, I, I think everybody on, uh, who's listening to this, this the Spokesman podcast will recognise this is absurd. I think people away from cycling circles will think this is absurd. So at some point, I think, Lee, your business will get back to normal and you will you will hopefully get over this because this cannot be allowed to stand for all sorts of, of different reasons. Um, but for now, uh, it does sound as though Cycling UK is on the case. It sounds as though your uh, legal representation is on the case and hopefully this will be overturned but for now uh, i'd just like to thank you both and uh, uh, to martin uh, for being on today's show thanks also to you for listening and for subscribing as always this show is brought to you in association with jensen usa show notes and more for the spokesman cycling roundtable podcast can be found at the-spokesmen.com that more now includes full transcripts with time codes, so you can skip around the recordings should you wish. David Bernstein and I have been producing these shows since 2006, and we'd appreciate you leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Meanwhile, get out there and ride. <laughs>